Stumbling on Happiness by Dan Gilbert. One sentence summary. Stumbling on Happiness examines the capacity of our brains to fill in gaps and simulate experiences, shows how our lack of awareness of these powers sometimes leads us to wrong decisions, and how we can change our behavior to synthesize our own happiness. My favorite quote from the author is, The secret of happiness is variety, but the secret of variety, like the secret of all spices, is knowing when to use it. Dan Gilbert Daniel Gilbert is a Harvard professor of psychology, whom I learned about a few years ago when I watched his fantastic TED Talk. Very eloquently, he explains the science of happiness, based on our brain's ability to simulate the future. His 2006 New York Times bestseller, Stumbling on Happiness, provides lots of scenarios in which simulations lead us to making the wrong decisions and false assumptions about ourselves. The book tries to help you become self-aware of these tricks your brain plays on you, so you can avoid them in the future and thus create your own happiness. Here are my three major takeaways. 1. Your brain is really bad at filling in the blanks, but it keeps on trying. 2. You should always compare products based on value, never on past price. 3. Bad experiences are better than no experiences. Time to double check. Stumbling on happiness. Lesson 1. Your brain is really bad at filling in the blanks, but it keeps on trying. This answers the question, how can I moderate my own expectations and memories? Did you know you have a blind spot? It's a certain area of your vision that's basically blank. You can't see what's there due to your nerve fibers blocking your retina where they leave the eye. Why have you never noticed any black spots on photographs then? Because your brain fills in the missing information. It guesses what needs to be there and adds the remaining pieces to the image. If you stop to think for a second, you'll notice that this means your brain completely invents a part of your vision and therefore your reality in any given moment. Not only is this an incredible trick your brain plays on you, it does so all the time and is often wrong. For example, your memories. You might be at a party and have the time of your life, but right before going home, someone throws up on your new shoes. Chances are your brain won't store this in your memory as the greatest night of all time, but exaggerate the bad part of the experience at the end, leaving you to remember it as a bad party altogether. Similarly, you only need to think about wanting to eat pizza at a new restaurant, which I do a lot, and your brain instantly conjures up the perfect experience, smell and taste in your head. Naturally, you believe in this best-case scenario of the future and are disappointed at anything less than that, neglecting the millions of alternative scenarios the place could have burnt down for all you know. Your brain is not so great at filling in those blanks, but will keep trying, so just be aware of when it's doing it. Stumbling on Happiness, Lesson 2 Always compare products based on value, never on past price. This answers the question... How can I get a better feel for if products are worth the price they cost? Dang it, how could that coffee place raise the price again? We usually compare products based on prices we're used to. So if your espresso now costs $1 instead of 50 cents, you're annoyed and think it's a ripoff. Instead of comparing it to previous prices or other coffee, try thinking about what you could get for the money elsewhere. Once you realize that $1 won't even buy you a carrot, maybe a single sock, and 10 minutes of parking tops, the espresso will seem like a much better deal in spite of the higher price. 
Similarly, people will rather buy a $500 TV that was reduced from $600 instead of getting the same TV for $400 if the price went up from $300. So always judge based on value for the money and never make price comparisons. Stumbling on happiness, lesson 3. Bad experiences are better than no experiences. This answers the question, would you regret missing out on a good opportunity more than having to suffer through a bad one? Speaking of comparisons, consider this paradox. You are introduced to someone you find attractive and then given the choice between one of two options. Option one, marry them. In this case, the person will become a pyromaniac down the road, which is someone who sets fires on purpose for personal enjoyment and might light up your house. Option two is not marry them. In this case, the person will become a billionaire. Which one would you regret more? Astonishingly, Gilbert says it's the latter. Because even if your spouse turns out to be a complete maniac, your brain can still learn something from the experience and see the positives in it. You'll probably walk away from this experience thinking, ha, anyone that comes now will be better, the worst is behind me. Or, now I can really assess people a lot better. But it's hard for your brain to come up with a positive view of something that never happened. Since you don't even know what it's like to be married to a billionaire, you kick yourself for not going for it in the first place and thus end up unhappier. So whatever you do, do something. Action beats inaction every time. I personally believe that action is the cure to anything. Thinking is great, but we should do it much, much less. My personal takeaways from Stumbling on Happiness for 2017. A personal example I can come up with that relates to lesson three, which is bad experiences are better than no experiences, is that when I moved to Munich in October 2016, and said, all right, I moved to a new place. I've been single for, I don't know, five months or so at the time. Let me try to get back into dating again. And since I had met my past girlfriend on Tinder, I was like, okay, let me give that a shot once more after not using the app or doing anything for the five months before. So I was like, let me give the app a shot here and just see what kind of people turn up. And I used the app and I went on, I think, four or five or six dates that all came from Tinder where I was always like, let me try to go straight from connecting with these people, with these girls to um, talking, having a quick chat and then saying, do you want to go for coffee? Because I don't want to get to know people through the phone. I just use the app to meet them. And all of these experiences turned out really, really bad because they could never live up to the profile that they put on Tinder. So they pictured themselves as like these cool, cool, adventurous people. And then they, the girls were all really, really boring and basically put me to sleep within the first 10 minutes of talking to them. So I was like, oh, this really sucks. And I deleted the app. Um, and since then, I've been Tinder free and just trying to meet girls in my own way and talk to them and approach them, which is a lot, a lot harder, but also a lot more fun. And the people I end up talking to uh, are a lot funner people. But I could never have made this experience if, if I hadn't decided to go through and continue to go on a couple dates through Tinder, even though my first experience was bad and the second and the third one. I would never have come to this point if I had just 
contemplated it and simulated it and in my head and thinking oh well this girl looks nice she's probably well oh, no, let me not do it and so on i would probably still be on tinder and just look at profiles all day instead of knowing well let me try offline so i think this is a good example and highlights <clears throat> some of the things dan gilbert can teach you and i highly recommend you just start by watching his ted talk which explains a lot of the themes from the book